Welcome to another gospel message from St. Luke's Anglican Church, Clovelly. What would it take for you to change your life? What would it take for you to change your life? Ariana Huffington, uh, who started that online newspaper, the Huffington Post, you might have heard of her, she woke up one morning in a pool of blood of her own blood. Uh, she collapsed from exhaustion the night before, um, hit her uh, head uh, on the desk as she kind of dropped to the floor and woke up in this pool of her own. She was at the peak of her success in terms of money and power, but realised that actually something wasn't right and something needed to change. Uh, she's written about this and she says, you know, I wasn't living a successful life by any sane definition of success. And she began this process of really resetting her life. Now, you may not be on the edge of burnout, although you might. But you know what? At 98.3%, I might have just made that statistic up, 98, you know, we've just kind of scraped our way through all those end-of-year events and survived Christmas, and here we are, and it's the start of the year, we're like already tired. Um, and we're just kind of modern people living these kind of frantic lives, and there's this part of us that wishes that somehow it was different. And we find our lives, many of us, um, with no margin. You know, there's no margin. There's no margin for exercise. Um, there's no concentration. Now, someone said, um, it's like there's too many tabs open in my brain, if you get the analogy of the computers. Um, there's no time for prayer. There's no time for God. Actually, last year I had quite a number of people say to me, look, I'd, really, I'd, I'd actually really want to explore Jesus and the difference that he makes to life, but I just don't feel like I've got the time in my life at the moment. You know, can I let you know? You know the, there's this just life and the demands and the expectations just seem relentless and like it just it never stops. Um, whenever I talk to the young kind of parents or parents of young kids, it just never stops. Um, to the point... Like many of us, as we look out at life and our jobs and our, our families, there's something wrong with us. <laughs> Too complicated. Um, we, you know, there's just this busyness, right? And it kind of weighs on us. And we feel like, you know, we can't see a way out. Like, we'd have to, like, resign our jobs and move to another country to kind of get out. Which might mean that some things have become so important to us that we feel we can't live without them. And that's a little moment worth investigating in your life. But this January, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try and look at how to reset our crazy, busy, modern lives. And if you were with us at Christmas, one of the things we said at Christmas is that Christmas is the one story where God saves you. Jesus was given the name Jesus because he's the one who's going to save his people from their sins, right? Christmas is the one story where God saves you so you don't have to save yourself and exhaust yourself doing it. We just need to kind of step into God's story. And so that's what we want to do this January is explore how to reset our lives, how to live in God's story. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to think about how to reset your passion, how to reset your team, because we can't do all this on our own, how to reset your performance, but today we're going big. How to reset your life, like the whole thing, so that you can find life. That's what this is about. I think that's what we're all trying to do, actually, isn't it? We're trying to find life. 
We're trying to work out what this whole life thing is all about and then live it and experience it and enjoy it. And the trick is, and before we get to the Bible today, we find ourselves already caught up in this other story because our culture tells us relentlessly that the way to find life is by expressing yourself. So this is the first thing we're just going to think about. You know, uh, there's other cultures in the world that preference the family over the individual. Uh, many cultures of the world. It's why there's such a thing as honour killings, right? Um, because the actions of an individual have so hurt the family name, it's almost like a kill your cousin than for them to ruin the reputation of the family. Now, we can barely get our minds around that, but it's because the family is, or tribe is, is kind of valued over the individual. But our, our culture, we prize the individual over the family almost exclusively. In fact, in our society, we've come to believe that our identity comes through self-expression. By kind of, if I could only discover my most authentic desires, my true self, and then follow them, my most authentic desires, then I'll kind of be able to live life and find life. There was an American sociologist named Robert Bella who called this a number of decades ago expressive individualism. You got it? Expressive individualism. That is, to find life, we need to express ourselves, whatever our desires are or our kind of most authentic ones, even if family, government, church, society, anyone would constrain us. And so the hero stories in our culture, like every culture has hero stories, right? The hero stories in our culture are about individuals expressing themselves over against their like repressive parents, or whatever it is. Hero stories like Moana, right? Now, um, if you haven't seen Disney film Moana, I'm not going to ruin the whole story, so, you know, but you've actually had about two years now, so it's your fault. Um, Moana, short version, it's the story of a girl who, who wants to explore the world and pursue her own dreams and go her own way, except her parents forbid her. The previous generation... Kind of, um, and their fears are constraining her. And so even, even though she knows one of the songs, uh, like I heard this about 20 times yesterday in the car on the way home, everybody on this island has a role on this island. But no, 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 no. The voice inside sings a different song. It's calling me. All right? It's about finding our identity in expressing ourselves. Do you, do you see? This is what we're kind of being fed all the time, expressive individualism. And there's a lot of reasons why we would want to, I think, appropriately and rightly value the, the freedom of the individual. I don't want to live in those other cultures. Um, but what's the problem? Um, what's the problem with expressive individualism? You know, actually, what are some of the problems? Because there's a few. I'm going to get you to actually just talk with um, someone nearby you and just have a little think. Okay, you've got about 60 seconds. That's what you have to think about. What are some of the problems with that approach to life? Go. Anyone would like to share any thoughts, ideas? Everyone does what's right in their own eyes. Yep. 
yeah, there's something about it that's a selfish existence. Kind of, yep, it's about self. But anyway, you'll be free, Setter. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one of the underlying assumptions is kind of deep down we're all good and society's bad, except society's made up of pe- people, I think. Um, so, you know, there's a problem there. Yeah, it doesn't take into account other people so much. Yeah, which is why, which is why the kind of um, the check on that that we hear is, you know, pursue your own desires as long as you don't hurt anyone else. That's that's the kind of you know save on that. But interesting is um, one of the problems. I've got, there's a few right, but here you go. Um, which desires should I pursue? Um, the desire for freedom from any commitments, or the desire for meaning that comes from a long-term relationship. Which one? Um, if you're a parent, the idea of teaching your children to do whatever they want, no matter what authority figures say, like <laughs> pass. <laughs> um, and what, I mean, what if your kid wants to be the school bully? I don't know. Um, w- one of the other problems in our society is we, we live in this age of um, digital capitalism. And FANG, hands up if you know what FANG means, F-A-A-N-G. Have you heard this? There you go. Um, Facebook. Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, right? They know your desires better than you do. And they are shaping your desires more than you realise. All right? So all those desires... Uh, and make, they're making squillions out of you expressing yourself, right? You, yes? Um, they'll serve up the next thing of get you hooked that keeps you in that... And our desires that we think we're so freely expressing are being manipulated and controlled in a lot of ways, actually. And here's, here's the last problem. What do I do if I discover that my most authentic desires are actually my most selfish desires? Um, it, it does uh, make our... You know, we might, go into, we might still go into relationships and friendships, but we're, we're a bit more mercenary. You know, what am I getting out of this? Um, and I think it's making us more lonely. There was uh, one of the largest studies um, on loneliness done. Um, this was um, in the UK, but was a worldwide survey of like 55,000 people. Actually found that the most lonely group was 16 to 24-year-olds. Um, the most connected in one sense, but the most lonely more than, you know, the over 75-year-olds. Because if you're trying to find life by fulfilling my desires, you end up disconnected from other people. So, let's listen to the alternative voice, beyond the voice of our own little kingdom and our own selves. I want us to listen to Jesus and see what he says about how to find life. So, would you turn with me back to Mark chapter 8, if you've got that open, and I'm going to read from verse 34. So, Mark 8 verse 34, on page 844. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give In return 
for his soul. Now, it's fascinating, in the parallel passage in Matthew's biography of Jesus, um, it uses the language, whoever wants to find life will lose it, but if you lose your life for Jesus, you'll find it. So Jesus is talking about how to find life. And notice what he says, verse 34, if you want to find life, don't express yourself, deny yourself. If you want to find life, take up your cross, that is, live as if your life is over. If you want to find life, follow me. Because Jesus is saying, I'm the one who can lead you to life. In fact, John 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. I'm the one who will lead you to life. And then verse 35, Jesus is saying, if you're more interested in kind of saving yourself than denying yourself, you'll lose yourself. But if you lose your life in Jesus and, and... you'll save it. You'll find life fully and forever. Now notice here, Jesus doesn't just want your Sundays. He wants yourself. The reset that we need in our lives isn't like a little bit of tinkering around the edges. It's like everything. Jesus wants your whole life. Now when Broughton Knox uh, retired as principal of a Bible college, Uh, Someone asked him, you know, what are you going to do in in your retirement? And his answer was, keep on repenting. Keep on repenting. Now, repent means to turn back to God. And that's both in the Bible a one-off moment as well as this lifelong process. And he's saying, you know what, what am I going to do with my retirement? What I've been doing every day, which is keep on repenting. Every day I wake up and turn back to God. Um, Friends, if you're a Christian here, when people ask you, you know, what does 2019 hold for you? Answer is, keep on repenting. You might find a different wording um, that you can kind of do in conversation, but, you know, whatever goals you've worked out, just cross them all out and start again. You know, make my entire life about Jesus. That is your 2019 and mine. If you're a Christian... And then you can work out all the little details about, you know, diet and exercise and everything else. (laughs) If you're not a Christian here, this is what Jesus, what God wants from you. To repent and to turn back to God, to stop living a life that is about you and to start living a life that is about him. What does it profit you to gain the whole world and forfeit your life? In the same month that Sandra Bullock won an Academy Award for Best Actress, came the news that her then-husband was a serial adulterer. At the time, New York Times columnist David Brooks asked this, I think, very uncomfortable question. He said, would you take that as a deal? Would you exchange a tremendous professional triumph for a severe personal blow? You know, all the research says that meaningful relationships bring far more joy and happiness in life than success, but that's actually not the point. It's not Jesus' point. Jesus got a bigger point about finding life, and he's saying, you know what, you could gain the whole world, the money, the power, the success, the everything, and and still miss out on life, life, fully and forever. In fact, I think Jesus is saying that would be so easy. That would be so easy for that to happen. I mean, all you have to do is be normal. And it would be crazy, though, wouldn't it? I mean, to live a life that was enamoured with my career or 
my sex life or my reputation or my money or my legacy and then to miss out on life fully and forever because you missed out on Jesus. And that's kind of the hidden question here, isn't it? Who does Jesus think he is (laughs) saying stuff like this? You'll only find life fully and forever if you lose yourself and follow me. I mean, who says that? And the answer is God's king, God's Messiah, God's son says that. In fact, that's what's just happened in Mark's biography of Jesus. Can you come back with me to verse 27? This is this key turning point in Mark's biography of Jesus. Verse 27. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And at this point, he says, don't tell anyone. Uh, The Christ, the Messiah, was the king God had promised would come and rule all the world for all time. And it's taken Jesus' first disciples about three years and a lot of miracles and a fair bit of private tutoring, actually, to finally realise who Jesus is. He's the one that we've been waiting for. I mean, you can only make sense of Jesus' claim, like, lose your life in me and you'll find life. You can only make sense of that if Jesus really, really is God's King and God's Son and God in the flesh. And so as you kind of reach for the, like, reset button... For 2019, let's do the computer analogy, right? The computer's died, you hit reset, and it pops up. Option one, operate as if you are the centre of the universe. Option two, operate as if Jesus is the centre of the universe. Because Jesus is saying, "You, you, you will only find life when you lose your life in me. Friends, I want you to notice Jesus isn't saying that life is about self-denial. That's how some people have taken this, that like you're closer to God, the less chocolate you eat and the more kale you eat. Like Jesus isn't saying life is about self-denial. And in fact, it's interesting, isn't it? Jesus' enemies, one of the ways they wrote him off was saying that he was a glutton and a drunkard because he went to too many parties with all the wrong people. It's not that life is about you know, losing yourself. It's that you'll only find life, like real life, um, joyful life, meaning, hope, purpose, direction, when you stop living as if you are the centre of the universe and you start living with the creator of the universe as the centre of the universe. That's what Jesus is talking about. Another word for it would be to live a life of love, actually. A life where you find joy in others, not just in yourself. A life that is so secure in Jesus that you're free from trying to kind of save and exhaust yourself through your career or living up to the expectations of others. You just don't have to do that anymore because you're secure in Jesus. You know your identity as a child of God, loved, free, forgiven, adopted, part of God's family forever. So there it is. There was a cruise boat ad on TV yesterday that promised me uh, that if I, you know, bought their ticket, their service was so amazing, you know, boutique cruise. It said, 
so that you can live life fully. Fantastic. Only cost you 5,000 bucks and the rest. Jesus says, Jesus says, the life we are trying to find isn't about finding ourselves, but about losing ourselves. In fact, Jesus, the one who lived life to the full, the one who loved to the full, says you'll only find life when you lose your life in him. The challenge is, as an author named Mark Sayers puts it, this quote's on the screen, he says there is nothing is as comforting and confronting as the gospel's message that life is about more than me. That's kind of, I mean, that's comforting, isn't it? Life's a bit bigger than you, but it's challenging as well, isn't it? And that's why we need to know what the gospel of Jesus keeps telling us, which is that Jesus already lost his life for you. There's a verse we've missed that's crucial to this passage. Come back to verse 31. As soon as the disciples have realised who Jesus is, he tells them what he must do. Verse 31. And Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man, another name for himself, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. See, notice when Jesus calls his followers to deny themselves and lose their lives, it's nothing Jesus hasn't done already for you and for me. There is no other religion or philosophy or worldview that introduces you to a God who has loved you enough that he came amongst us and lost his life for us. And so here's this beautiful paradox that is at the very heart of the Christian message. You will only find life when you lose your life in Jesus, the one who already lost his life for you. you know, you'll never be able to like reset your life properly the rest is just kind of tinkering. I mean, you, just, you cannot reset your life to know real life and real hope and real joy and real meaning that lives fully and forever until you stop trying to find life in yourself and find it in Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Why don't you just take a moment of quietness to just pause and reflect. You might like to bow your head and pray. Thank you for listening. For more information about St. Luke's Anglican Church, please visit www.clovelly.org.au.